Happy New Year. Amen. Praise the Lord. I'm so excited. God has given me such a powerful message. Oh, I can't wait to deliver this to you. This is my New Year present for you from the Lord. I'm so happy. Glory. So, who is God? Who is God? Amen. We're knowing and learning God this morning, getting to know Him. So if you get to know Jeremiah chapter 9, verse 24, we're going to the Word of God because that's where the revelation is and that's where the power is. So let him who glories, glory in this, that he understands and knows me, that I am the Lord. I just want to focus on that part of the scripture. So God does want us to glory. Why? Because God's glory separates you from darkness. Darkness is the territory of demons. Glory is the territory, is the realm of God. So where do we get that glory? That glory comes from knowing God. Comes from understanding Him. And the Apostle Paul, walking and manifesting the power of God in his ministry, he said that if I could know him and the power of his resurrection. So if you think that you know God, get to know him more, deeper, better, higher, stronger. And so this is what we're doing now. This is what, what's happening now. As we get to know God, we are being glorified by Him. And as we get to know God, His knowledge glorifies us and separates us from evil. Amen. How many of you know that light shatters darkness? Light shatters darkness. Light overcomes darkness. So whenever we have divine revelation. Whenever the light of God is shining on us, what are we having? We're having the glory of God. We're having illumination. We are having enlightenment. How many of you study history? How many of you have read and heard of the age of enlightenment? I mean, if you look at the way that technology has developed, the way that our living has improved, I thank God for the air conditioning. Amen. Praise the Lord. You know, when I was in Tasmania, we went and uh, we visited like one of the uh, heritage places. Wow, it's really tough living in those days back then. Everything was manual and it was so tough. It was so hard. The, the pots and pans were so heavy. Everything was a lot. Everything required a lot of manual labor. So it's important that we grow in knowledge. So knowledge brings revelation, enlightenment, illumination, means no more darkness, inspiration. Lift up your hands for all of that. Come on. Amen. Lift up your hands. You want to be wise, illuminated, enlightened, inspired. Glory be to God that we are not operating in darkness. We're operating in the light. Can we say amen? Hallelujah. And this is what we're doing now. Amen. This is what we're doing now. Now we are in the first Sunday service of the first month of the new year 2022. Now the revelation that's been given to me is how many of you know that the number two belongs to Jesus? And that's why he used verily, verily a lot. So Jesus is the second person of the Trinity. And 2022, we can see three twos in 2022. Three is for the Trinity, two is for Jesus. The second person of the Trinity will manifest himself powerfully in this year and in your life as a believer. How many of you want to receive this? How many of you want to receive this? I'm receiving this. Amen. Let's receive it. Amen. 2022, the year for Jesus. The year for Jesus. 
Amen. To manifest himself and show himself strong in your life, in my life, in the life of the church. Can we say amen? Glory be to God. Hallelujah. So why do we want to know God? Because he's our creator. We want to walk with the wise so that we can be wise. We want to know God because he is our savior. We want to know God because we get our lives. We get our life from him. So this morning, this is what we're doing. It's to know him. It's to understand him better, clearer, stronger, deeper. And I want to introduce to you the number one in this service. We are in the number one service of the first Sunday of the first month. So I want to teach you the number one when it comes to God. Now, I want you to understand that God is powerful. He is absolutely, you know, mind-blowing. So I want you to know the Bible that you have, the structure of your Bible, all the letters in your Bible, the language that's written in your Bible, all of that are miraculous. The Bible is miraculous. And I pray that the Holy Spirit opens your eyes to know it, to get into the secrets and the power and the knowledge of the Bible. The word, the number one, one is both an ordinal and also a cardinal number. One is both a, an ordinal and a cardinal number. What do we mean by ordinal? That means it's a positional number. What do you mean by cardinal? That means it's a quantity number. When we talk about one, we're talking about position and we're talking about quantity. Ordinal. How many of you have heard of the word origin? How many of you have heard of the word ordain? How many of you have heard of the word order? They all come from the word ordinal. If I can ask you to look at Isaiah chapter 41 verse 4. Isaiah 41 verse 4. This is referring to God. We're getting to know God this morning. Because it's the first thing that we do. Jesus said, seek you first. The kingdom of God. God's, God's knowledge. God's way of doing things. So God hath wrought and done it. What did he do? Calling the generations from the beginning. I, the Lord, the first and with the last, I am here. So if you look at this verse, I don't want you to highlight the Lord. The Lord, the, the Lord, I want you to hike like that. Who hath wrought and done it? Calling. I want you to highlight the word calling. Calling the generations, plural, from the beginning. Highlight calling, highlight generations, highlight the beginning. Highlight the Lord, highlight the first. I am He. Wow. This is so, so powerful. What are we talking about? We are talking about the calling power of the first. Being the first, God has the power to call in the generations coming. The power to call the generations coming. Because he is the first in position. He is the original. He is the first in order. And that reminds us of Romans chapter 4, verse 17. How many of you have read Romans chapter 4, verse 17? God calling, calleth those things which be not as though they were. That's creative power. Creative power 
every time when God is saying, I'm the first, I am the first, he's talking about his creative power. Every time when you're speaking the word of God into your situations that need to be changed. When you are speaking God the first, the beginning into your physical body that needs healing into your family, into your generations. You are bringing in the calling power of God being the first. Calling forth the power that comes with calling forth the first. God said, amen, he's the first. And when we talk about the calling power, we're talking about the power of the word, the power of your tongue, the power of your prayers, the power of your confession. There's life and death in the power of your tongue because our God is the calling forth God. Can we say amen? Ooh, hallelujah. Amen. Isaiah the prophet got that revelation, calling the generations from the beginning. You know, people all over the world celebrate New Year without understanding why. All that they can say is Happy New Year. All that they can say is I wish you a Happy New Year without understanding. But God has given us understanding. God has given us knowledge. When we talk about the first, when we're talking about the ordinal value of the number one, we're talking about the creative power of being the first. We're talking about the position, the positional power of being the first. When we talk about the first, we're talking about governance. We're talking about primary importance. We're talking about being the top. We're talking about being the supreme head. We're talking about being exclusive. Let's look at Isaiah 48. Isaiah 48 verse 12 to 13. Isaiah 48 verse 12 to 13. I want you to highlight the scripture with me. Look at this. Hearken unto me, O Jacob and Israel, my cord. Do you notice that? We have been called by God. We belong to the generations that God had called forth. My God, I am He. Now, this is where I want you to pay attention. I am the first. I am also the last. My hand also hath laid the foundation of the earth. And my right hand had spanned the heavens when I call unto them. And they stand up together. I want you to see the word first. I want you to see the word first. He said, I am the first. I am the first. The beginning, the first. The beginning, the first. When we talk about the positional power of being the first, the first in a race, the first in a series of inventions. The first in a series of discoveries. We are talking about the position of ultimate authority. We are talking about the author. We are talking about the founder. He's the first. The first to create mankind. The first to create your body, the first to make your brain, the first to create all creations. He's the founder. He's the author. We're talking about kingship. He's the first. The kingship. We're talking about the majesty. We're talking about the power. We're talking about the authority. We're talking about the rulership. Remember, the name of Jesus is above every other name. We're talking about rulership. We're talking about governance. Let's look at Colossians chapter 1 verse 18. Colossians chapter 1 verse 18. And he is the head 
Another word for first. He is the head of the body, the church, who is the beginning, the beginning, the firstborn from the dead. Jesus, Jesus is the firstborn from the dead. The first, the beginning, the ruler, the author, the authority, the giver. The firstborn from the dead, that in all things, what's the purpose? What's the meaning of being the first? That in all things, he might have the preeminence. It doesn't matter what's attacking you. It doesn't matter. There's a lot of sickness and disease out there. But Jesus is the preeminence of your body. He's the preeminence of your body. God created your body. He's the founder. He's the author of your body. In Him, there is no decay. In Him, there is no sickness. In Him, there is no debilitation. He's the beginning. He's the last. He's the first. He's the end. It's a circle. Seamless, perfect circle. The be all and the end all. Jesus manifested his ordinal position. Ordinal, the position of authority. His ordinal position on the earth. That's why he had to come. Because he had to bring his ordinal position onto the earth. And then he took that to the midst of hell. He took his ordinal, his first position to the earth, in the midst of man, and then to the midst of hell, the region of hell. Why? In order that he can be over and above all in all. Can we say amen? Hallelujah. In order that we can have the scripture, Philippians chapter 2, verse 9. Go to Philippians chapter 2, verse 9 to 11. In order that his name, look at that. Wherefore God also hath highly exalted him and given him a name which is above the first. The first means it's elevated, elevated in position, above every name, that at the name of Jesus, what happened? Every knee, every demon, every situation, every circumstance, every name should bow, everything in heaven, everything in earth, and everything under the earth, which is in hell, must bow to the name of Jesus. Because he's got that ordinal position. Can we say amen? What about the church? Let's go to Hebrews chapter 12, verse 23. We are very, very grateful that we belong to his church. Are you grateful? If you are, lift up your hand. I'm very grateful that I belong to the church of the Lord Jesus Christ. Look at Hebrews chapter 12, verse 23. To the general assembly, that's the word ecclesia. The called out ones, called out from the average, called out from the crowd to be the first, called out. The general assembly, the church of the, come on, read that together with me. The church of the firstborn. Why does the Bible call you the firstborn? We are all firstborn. There is no secondborn. The minute you become a Christian, the minute you ask Jesus to come into your life as your Lord and your Savior, right away you become the firstborn. You receive that ordinal authority. Can we say amen? Hallelujah. And look at what happened. Look at verse 11. Look at verse uh, okay, sorry, sorry. The general assembly, the church of the firstborn, and then we were given the name of Jesus, that at the name of Jesus, every knee must bow, every tongue must confess that Jesus is Lord. Jesus is the firstborn from the dead. You belong to the church of the firstborn. Can we say amen? Hallelujah. When we talk about the first, can I ask you, what is the first book of the Bible? Come on, tell me. Genesis. What does it mean, Genesis? 
genes. Beginning. What's your beginning? How does a baby get conceived? With genes. So when we talk about the first, we're talking about the begetting, the birthing power of God. The begetting and the birthing power of God. The first book of Genesis, the book of generations, the book of genetics, the book of the origin, the book of the original. Not a copycat, not a fake copy. Come on, say to yourself, I am the original from God. Glory be to God. Hallelujah. Amen. The best to start. How many of you know that the world talks, talks about, uh, what is it called, eugenics? The world talks about eugenics. What's eugenics? Selective breeding. Putting the clever ones together and breed them. Creating a genius population. But they don't understand that we are already the genius. You already have the best genes you can ever get. How do I know that? How do I know that I've got the best genes that I can ever have? You know, what's the most powerful scripture in your Bible? What does it say in your Bible about you? That God created man in his image. In his image. Can you say to yourself, I'm created in the image of God. So don't ever think that you're dumb. Don't ever think that you're stupid. You're created in the image of God. His DNA is in you. Your spiritual DNA, how many of you know that it's more powerful than your natural DNA? I don't know what my natural DNA is because I'm an orphan. I don't know who my parents are. I don't know whether they were clever or, or stupid. I had no idea. But all that I know is that God is my father and now I have his DNA. Can we say amen? Glory be to God. Amen. So don't worry about that your brain, your physical brain is not doing well. You know, it's, it's not doing well. Your mind is more powerful than your brain. Can you lift up your hands and say amen? Your mind is more powerful than your brain, and your mind comes from God. Amen. Let's look at the most powerful statement in the Bible when it comes to our genes. Genesis chapter 1, verse 26. Genesis 1, 26. Let us make man in our image. Make man. That's talking about creation. Everything in your body was made by God. The Bible says that our bodies are fearfully and wonderfully made. Can we say amen? Let us make man in our image after our likeness. Wow. Can we say amen, glory be to God? And then go to another scripture, Genesis 127. So God created man in his own image, in the image of God. In the image of God created he him, male and female created he them. And then in verse 28, and God blessed them. And what did God say? Be fruitful and multiply. How many of you know that whatever is good needs to multiply? Whatever is good in your life needs to be multiplied. Lift up your hands. Amen. And receive that multiplication. Whatever is good needs to be multiplied. And whatever is bad needs to be gotten rid of. Deleted. Can we say amen? Hallelujah. Multiply the good and delete the bad. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. So that's the positional power and authority of the believers. And that's why you are called the firstborn. Do you understand it now? Amen. The firstborn. Look at Revelation chapter 20 verse 6. Revelation chapter 20 verse 6. How many of you have heard of the first? 
the first resurrection. Read this. Blessed and holy is he that has part in the first resurrection. How many of us have had the first resurrection? Lift up your hands. If you are a Christian born again, you've had your first resurrection. Lift up your hands. Amen. That means you will die no more. You will decay no more. Hallelujah. If you don't have the first resurrection, you will end up having the second resurrection, which is forever, forever destroyed in hell. So if you see that the second death has no power, no power over us, to die means to go to heaven. To die for Christians means to go to heaven. To die means we are being resurrected. Glory be to God. Can we say amen? Death has no power over us. Can we say amen? Hallelujah. So the first position is a reigning position, a ruling position. It's a position of dominion and a position of power. Hallelujah. Amen. Four times in the book of Revelation, Jesus said of himself, he said, I am the first and the last. He said that four times in the book of Revelation. Revelation 1, 11, 1, 17, Revelation 2, 8, and 22, 13. Three times Jesus said that he is the Alpha and Omega. The Alpha, Revelation chapter 1, verse 8 and verse 11, Revelation 21, verse 8. Alpha is the first letter of the Greek alphabet. How many of you have heard of the word alphabet? So alphabet is a word that is made up of two words, the word alpha and the word beta. Alpha means first. Better means second. The two letters of the Greek language. So if you add them together, four times in Revelation, Jesus called himself the first and the last. Three times in Revelation, Jesus called himself the Alpha and the Omega. What is four plus three? Seven. Seven is God's number. The perfect Complete number. That's how powerful God is. God's number of completion. That's why Jesus, when he was on the cross, what did he say? It is finished. How many of us have read that um, when Jesus talked about the believers, he talked about don't forget your first love. Your first love. He calls you the firstborn from the dead. He calls the first resurrection. So when we talked about the number one as an ordinal, as a positional number, it means the first, the most important, the preeminent, the priority, the superiority, the absolute supremacy, the source, the leader, the ruler, the governance, the head of all things. When we talk about the first, we're talking about the beginning, the original nature, first in time, first in order, first in rank, first in importance, first in necessity, all in all, there is no other, absolutely unique, none can compare with the one and only God. Can we say amen? What did God promise Abraham? What did God promise Abraham? God promised Abraham the only son. And how many sons did he give Abraham? One. One and only, the only son. What about Jesus? Jesus called himself the only begotten of the Father. The only begotten 
of the Father. Four times in the Gospel of John, chapter 1, verse 14, chapter 1, verse 18, chapter 3, verse 16, chapter 3, verse 18. Four times the only begotten. And then in Colossians, chapter 1, verse 18, the first begotten from the dead. God is the first cause. God is the first cause. C-A-U-S-E. We all need him. We all need him. There's no such thing called you don't need God. He's the source and he's the cause. Can we say amen? He's the beginning from whom all good proceeds. Let's look at the first words of the Bible. Let's go to Genesis chapter 1, verse 1, the first book and the first verse. Genesis chapter 1, verse 1. In the beginning, God. In the beginning, God. Wow, so powerful. That's the first creative moment. In the beginning, God created. The first moment was the moment of God's creative power, God's creative moment. In the beginning, God. The word God is the word Elohim. The word God is the word Elohim. Elohim is in a plural form referring to the Trinity, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. All three in one. That's power in one. Amen. The Trinity, the supreme Trinity, the supreme triune divine being. In the beginning, God created Let's look at John chapter 4, verse 24. John 4, verse 24. Verse. John 4, verse 24. Look at this. God is a spirit. God is a spirit. That's why you are also a spirit. That's why this mortal body will not last. Because your spirit is greater, stronger, more powerful, eternal than your physical body. God is a spirit and they that worship him must worship how? In spirit and in truth. So as we focus on God in spirit and in truth, the word truth actually means reality. The word of God is your reality. Not your situations and circumstances. COVID-19 is not our reality. Would you say amen? amen? Hard times is not your reality. What's going on in the world is not our reality. God is our reality. His plan for us is our reality. So as we focus on God in spirit and in, rea in reality, in truth with no hypocrisy, but sincerity, what happened to your spirit? Your spirit rises up. How do we worship? As we worship, we rise up. As you worship God in sincerity, you have affection coming up from the inside of you. You worship God with affection, with longing, with desire. And you can feel your spirit rising up. You can actually feel your spirit rising up and taking over your soul. And because your spirit has risen up, your soul will also rise up to worship. And then you lift up holy hands. I remember when I first got born again, I could not just sit there and worship because I went to a traditional church in the beginning and nobody was standing up. But there was so much, you know, this, this in me. My heart was rising up to worship God. And I just stood up and I just stood up. Nobody taught me. I just stood up and I just lift up my hands as to worship in spirit. 
and in truth. Your spirit is very real. And we need to get to know our spirit. We, we live too much by the soul. We need to live by our spirit. And we pray too much from our soul by determination. But we need to pray in the spirit. Pray in the spirit. The Holy Ghost will give you prayers. The Holy Ghost will give you prayers. He will tell you what is to come. Can we say amen? Hallelujah. You are made in the image of God. So how do I know God? I asked him. I said, how do I know you? You know what God said to me? Know yourself. Because I'm made in the image of God. I'm made in the image of God. So as I know myself, I get to know God better. And as I get to know God, I get to know myself. Do you get this? Because you're made in the image of God. So to know God is to know yourself. To know yourself is to know him. Hallelujah. That's called intimacy. Thank you. And I want you to understand that God is very personal. He is our father. He is our kinsman redeemer. He is our friend. God is not a religion. God is not politics. God is not an idea. You know, so many of us, you know, because we have an idea. We have an idea of what God is like. But then we miss God because we try to worship him with our idea. No, God is not an idea. God is a person. And as you worship him, you worship him with affection. That's how you have the love. You worship him affectionately. And as you love him, he loves you. As you touch him, he touches you. Can we say amen? Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. He is so distant and yet so intimate. He's so powerful yet so approachable. He's so high and yet so close. God is not a force, not a concept, not a formula, not a religion. But God is a person like you, like me. He's affectionate. He's approachable. He's touchable. You can communicate and commune with him. Amen. When we talk about the first, we're also talking about the most important when it comes to the rank. Let's look at Hebrews chapter 6, verse 33. When we talk about the first, we're also talking about the rank. You are the first. That means you are the first in the rank of authority. So that's why Jesus said in Matthew chapter 6 verse 33, Matthew 6 verse 33, but seek you seek you first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things shall be added. Remember, the first multiplies. The first multiplies. The first grows, the first increase. So when you get the first, you get what is to be multiplied. When you get the first, you get what is to become more. Amen. So the pioneering supply that releases all the provisions of God. The breakthrough that God will give you because you put him first. Because you believe him first, healing is yours. Because you seek him first, wealth is yours. Because you believe him first, joy is yours. Joy unspeakable and full of glory. Can we say amen? Oh, I'm so excited. Glory be to God. Hallelujah. Amen. Go to Matthew 22 verse 37. Matthew 22 verse 37. 
And it's repeated in Mark chapter 12 as well. So if you read this, Jesus said unto him. Now I want you to understand that whatever Jesus said was never redundant. Okay? Remember this. Whatever Jesus said was and is never redundant. Jesus said unto him, you shall love the Lord your God with all of your heart, with all of your soul, and with all of your mind. This is the first and great commandment. Amen. Do you get this? The first and the great. What is that? To love the Lord your God with all of your heart. With all of your soul. Your soul is made up of, can you tell me? Your will, your mind, and your feelings. You can't just say, Lord, make me do this. If you want me to do this, you don't make me do it. Lord, if you want me to serve you, make me serve you. I want you to understand, all of us need to understand that serving God is not a calling. Serving God is not a calling. Serving God is a choice. It's a choice. You choose to serve him. You are not forced to serve him. Obeying God is not a calling. Obeying God is a choice. Amen. Hallelujah. And the second, look at verse 39. And the second is like unto it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. And then look at verse 40. On these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets. Wow. So the love of man proceeds from the love of God. The love of man proceeds from the love of God. What does that mean? That means I don't know how to love anybody else other than with the love of God. If you are doing your best to love people, you're loving people with your own love. And the love of man is very different from the love of God. When the Antichrist shows up, he will tell you that he loves you. And all the world will think that he is a man of love. But he's not the love of God. He's not loving people with the love of God. He's loving people with the love of men. That's why he is the triple six. It's the number of a man. The love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost. We don't know how to love until we have the love of God working in us. Can we say amen? Otherwise, your love is just pathetic, human, not in the right way. You get frustrated, you get hurt, you get disappointed. Because it's not the love of God, it's the love of men. Can we say amen? If you look at Romans chapter 5, verse 5. Romans chapter 5, verse 5. We need to be able to differentiate between the love of God and the love of people. Amen. And the more we understand that we need the love of God, the more we will receive the love of God. And hope makes not ashamed because the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost which is given unto us. The love of God will never fail. The love of God will never fail. You'll never be ashamed. The love of God will cause you to walk in hope. The hope that never fails. Can we say amen? Whenever you feel disappointed, whenever you feel that you don't have the hope to go on anymore, that's not God. That's the devil. That's men. Can we say amen? Look at 1 John 4.19. 1 John 4.19. So that's why it's so important that we stay humble before God. Because it's not that we can love people. It's God. We love him because he first 
loved us. So that's why he's the beginning. He's the firstborn. Can we say amen? Now let's look at the number one from a cardinal perspective. Cardinal means quantity. So the number one is a primary number. How many of you do maths when you were in school? High school? Primary school? How many of you know that num? The number one is one. Yes, it's a primary number. You cannot divide it. What's the division of one? What's one divided by one? One. What's one multiplied by one? One. So one is a number that cannot be divided. It's not divisible because one means it's not made up of anything. It's the source. One is the beginning. It's the source. It's the all in all. It's individualistic. It's the indivisible whole number of God. That's why he calls himself the first. Amen. If you look at Deuteronomy chapter 6 verse 4, are we doing okay? Yeah. Let's look at Deuteronomy chapter 6 verse 4. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. And I want you to look at John chapter 10, verse 30. John 10, 30. I and my Father are one. Look at John 17, verse 21. John 17, verse 21. That they may all be one. As you, Father, are in me and I in you, that they also may be one in us. Now go to Ephesians chapter 4, verse 3. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 3. I want you to look at 1 as a cardinal number. Okay? Ephesians chapter 4, verse 3. Endeavoring to keep the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace, there is one body and one Spirit, even as you are called in one hope of your calling. Can, you, can we continue to read this? One Lord, one faith, one baptism. And then go to verse 6. One God and Father of all, who is above all and through all and in you all. Quantity. We are talking about the bigness. We are talking about the greatness of one. The greatness and the bigness of one. One is a big number. A powerful number. Go to Colossians chapter 1 verse 15 to 18. Colossians chapter 1 verse 15 to 18. Who is the image of the invisible God? Referring to Jesus. The firstborn of every creature. Can you see that? For by him were all things created that are in heaven and in earth, visible and invisible, whether they be thrones or dominions or principles or powers, all things were created by him and for him. Go to verse 17. He is before all things and by him all things consist. Now look at verse 18. As he is the head of the body, the church, who is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in all things he might have the preeminence. One. That's the number one. That's how powerful it is. Amen. Referring to Jesus as the head, as the firstborn, as the beginning, as the preeminence. Glory be to God. Amen. Hallelujah. How many of you have got it? Yes. So what are you telling me, Pastor Dora? I'm telling you that God is sure. I'm telling you that the Bible is absolutely correct. You don't have to worry. You don't have to be concerned. When we understand one, when we understand the first, when we understand the number one, when we understand the beginning, 
we know and we are very sure that in him there is no guesswork. In him there is no presumption. You know and you know and you know. That's how powerful the Bible is. That's how powerful the word of God is. You don't have to worry. You don't have to be concerned. But you do have to believe. You do have to lay hold. Amen. So what is my part as a child of God, a believer? What's my part? Well, wholeness and greatness. Your part is in knowing that you are whole and you are great in him. You are in him and he is in you. What is my part as a child of God? What is my part as a Christian? Your part is to know that God is exactly right. And you are exactly right. And he is absolutely right and correct. And you are absolutely right and correct as you obey the word of God, as you follow the word. There is no random order. There is no uncertainty. There is no guesswork. There is no failure when it comes to following God, when it comes to knowing the word of God, when it comes to praying the word of God. Amen. Can we say amen? What else? Priority. When we talk about the first, we're talking about the priority, that God is my priority. God is your priority. You serve him. You follow him. Let him be your priority over and above everything else. And finally, serving God is not about I'm called, maybe I'm called, maybe God has called me, maybe, you know, God has given me his ministry, God is telling me to do this. No, no, no. Serving God is your choice. It's your choice. Reading the Word of God is your choice. The Word of God is powerful. The Word of God is awesome. Amen. Hallelujah. So let's all serve Him. Let's all follow Him. Amen. Let's all know the Word of God in spirit and in truth. He is your number one. He is your first. He is your beginning. He is your all and all. Can we give the Lord a big hand of praise? Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. He's absolutely true and correct. There is no uncertainty. Amen. Can I ask you to lift up your hands and praise the Lord? Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah.